0: Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. I well, want to remind you to check out Zencaster, Z-E-N-C-A-S-T-R. That is my favorite program to use for all my recording needs. And the great part is, not only do they have audio, but they also have video options as well. So whether you're video conferencing, podcasting, just catching up with friends and loved ones, you definitely want to check out Zencaster. They have uh, paid subscriptions. They also have a free version, which I'm actually using right now, transcripts, the whole nine yards, and even, get this, Zencaster has started to do hosting. So for all you podcasters out there, if you're looking for a host for your show, please consider Zencaster. You will not regret it. I'm telling you right now. Once again, Z-E-N-C-A-S-T-R. Made on Zencaster. That's right.
1: What we have here, folks, to the only show that matters the cream of the crop. Duke loves wrestling, and there is no one that does it better than your host. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. The Duke, and I'm all out of bubble. This is Hoss Holding, the 61 year old outlaw and your current heavyweight champion for King of Sports, and always the heart, the pound-for-pound champion at Dog Pound Championship Wrestling. And you are listening to the great Duke Loves Wrestling.
0: Well, Hoss Holden, I, I tell you, man, this is a special surprise here. 2023 is really a crazy year. I am just elated over the fact that you are now the champ champ okay you you don't have just one belt you got two belts now at 61 years old so congratulations bro dude
1: thank you so much man yeah it was uh it's going fast and furious you know People really who's following me and the followers are getting more and more as, you know, as I continue to age and, and, and continue to work and, and, and build my name and folks see it. You know, the dog pound 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 title. I mean it's it's me, it represents wrestling royalty and that being Rodney Mac and Jazz who are everything to me. And that's my heart and so of the title. I just it's I made history that night when I won that title. And although I've lost it twice and gained it back, you know, we uh, we we battled for it. And I think you covered a lot of me and the uh, Nasty Nate. You know, that battle, I lost it to him. And, you know, at a show and then a few months later, we had our final match in a bull rope match and I got it back. But I'm really known as that, that title, and I say it, that title is me and I'm that title. It represents wrestling royalty, that pound for pound title the, I made my debut this past Saturday at King of sports. And this is a promotion that I have been watching for a few years. They have uh, really come onto the scene and their style of professional wrestling. It's old school, it's big guys, and it's, it's brutal. You know, it's tough professional wrestling as we remember it back in the day. And that, that, really excited me back then and i've actually been talking with him over to a year and i was originally this night was supposed to be into a Louisville tape fist match with a guy named big john gang he's been mowing through the talent he's a big old you know 400 pound guy from mississippi and you know they were going to throw me right in the lion's fire some things went about and next thing i know i found myself in the main event against a gentleman by the name of mike gunner who be we agree with his antics or not the guy i promise you this and i will say this uh with very confidence i don't care what the call letters are on any wrestling promotion i don't care if they got a million viewers on monday night or friday night or wednesday night or tuesday night that guy can carry any promotion out there because he is that good and i will say that brutal pushed me beyond limits i didn't even know i had and uh I think I caught him by surprise as he was forced to defend that title. He picked me as kind of figured, "Oh, I can beat up the 61-year-old guy, you know?" And we went to war for about 25 minutes and you know, at the end of the day, I caught him. He was not expecting what I brought. And so, yeah, it was uh it was it was an amazing weekend. All of a sudden, I went from a debut to now, I am the heavyweight champion for King of Sports Wrestling, and and their following is tremendous, and they're growing leaps and bounds every week. They're phenomenal, phenomenal people, and a very solid company.
0: You know, it's interesting, Haas, because you have the intimidation factor and in presence of a of a Black Bart, but you have the showmanship of a Dusty Rhodes, of a Boogie Woogie Man, Jimmy Valiant. Where does this come from? I mean, when the bright lights hit and and you go out there, where where does this presence and this duality come from where you're this big, scary dude, but you also like to have a good time?
1: You know, in any type of profession that you do, it all comes back to your training and to that. You know, I had this vision when I started training. I guess it's going on four years now. When I started this journey at 57, it's four years ago, I had this vision of what I wanted to do. I had no idea how to put it into form into a wrestling ring. And really when I sat down with jazz and Rodney and I, and I talked to them and their vision and their knowledge of the business. And, and, and and that's so important with the training. They said, okay, we can guide you here and this is what we got to do. And then the main thing is once I get it, they allow me to blossom and they allow me to grow and it comes out more and more. So the main thing I was taught was I focus on my strengths. There are so many things I cannot do in a wrestling ring. I, I, I'm, I'm just not going to – I'm not a stunt guy. You know, my job is to go out there, number one, to win the competition and to entertain those fans to so they will come back and, and, and support the promotion, support independent wrestling, and enjoy what I do. So – it really starts from your training. You know, obviously, the Dog Pound Dojo is a tremendous place to train in San Antonio. Uh, when you get Jazz and Rodney Mack, they can guide. I mean, you, you're not going to lose on that. So it's they have built the foundation. They've painted, helped me, guide me to the person who I'm becoming. And I'm still evolving more. As I continue to have these big matches, I continue to involve more and more. I'm learning so much. Each match, I learn more, you know, and um, I continue to uh, travel down that road. And who knows where it goes? I just know I'm having a blast. I take every match so seriously. You know, I always look at it as a competition. And... Um, you know, and I won't change. You know, I love having fun with the fans. I mean it's fun. It's supposed to be fun. Wrestling has got to be fun because it's brutal. We're not getting rich. And so we're gonna have fun. We're gonna entertain. People come in and, and, and buy a ticket to see you. You know, they want that entertainment. And so we're gonna we're gonna do our part as best as we can to let them come in, forget about the outside and what's going on in their life. Cheer boo, whatever, and just have a good time. That is my job. And that is because of Rodney and Jazz has painted that picture for me, that direction, and then allowed me to dance and prance to it.
0: You know, it's interesting because you're absolutely right. When, when people come out and they see Hoss Holen on the marquee in any match, they are going to get a serious competition, but they're also going to get some entertainment. And the two rolled up into one is the essence of what pro wrestling, what wrestling is all about. So I, I I really tip my hat to you on that part there. Now, when we talk about motivation, you're a lifelong fan who is literally living your dream and you're doing it, you know, at a, at a 61 years old. I mean, how many people can say that? But you also fight for a cause. Talk to me about a charity that you recently been doing some work with
1: so you know as i've grown and since you and i visited last year number one i have grown spiritually i have grown as a professional in the wrestling business and i'm growing as a person and you know i do feel like as 61 years of age you know the good lord has given me this opportunity and uh for a, a healthy body to go in there and compete as i can so i i wanted to give back. I mean, that's what we should do. And so I started studying a place here in my community. It's called Southwest Family Life Center and what they are, they're a place to where a families or, you know, somebody of abuse can escape from family violence. They have uh, a a small area here in uh, one of the towns and, and, uh, and we keep it, we don't talk about the locations and things, you know, we're there to protect the innocent on that. So I've, I've been visiting with him. I've met with a few of the folks there and I've met with their directors over the last time, you know, I've been to their meetings and, and really examined what they were doing. And uh, so, you know, as with any family crisis center, you know, there's grants and there's funds available, you know, the big issue that I found out is, the big cities, San Antonio, Dallas, Houston, you know, Fort Worth, they have this and it's needed so bad, but they also got a powerhouse teams that can get funds and they got more availability to help those escaping domestic violence. You know, well, the ones out in the communities, you know, especially in Castorville, where I live at, it's a growing community and and obviously with stress and living, those things pop up more. But what the biggest thing that I found out is so if a man, woman, child, whomever is escaping domestic violence and you know, they're usually leaving with just basically the clothes on their back. So with the grants provided to the local one here to Southwest, they uh, they pretty much can house for 14 days Um they can only use the grant money for things within the housing they can't use that money to help somebody find some independence they can't use that money to help anything past to what is delivered into the shelter so when i saw that and so like for instance let's say a young lady escapes a bad situation with a child she's got 14 days well let's say she needed to go to work monday well, she can't go to work. Let's say the child needed a ride to school. They can't get them a ride to school. The shelter is limited to what they can do to get them on their feet. So what my goals are is to show independence. I say we want to break the uh, circle of domestic violence. And so the best way to do that is so, to raise money so that money can be used afterwards to where they can, um, you know, if that, if that, young lady and that kid needs asthma medicine, we've got the funds there to go to the pharmacy and get that medicine for them. If they, you know, my ultimate goal is to get a car there for them to use and they can hire, you know, a part-time driver. So if a young lady or a young man and believe, and there is men that escape from domestic violence as well, I promise you it's out there. I've seen it. If, um, they need to get to work that car can be like an uber car you know they know uber out here and these in these towns so we can uh, do that and they have that capability to hire somebody that can give folks a right to show them how to get on their feet and educate you know to paint to build something on this end so like i say you know we've got we got to break the circle because right now what they have if there's no family there's no help what they have to do and 14 days later, they got to go back to where they ran from and, you know, and words that, you know, maybe forgive, they're not breaking. And then there's kids and then everybody and this, it just repeats itself. So I'm very passionate about this because it's something that I'm really going to plan on helping long after professional wrestling's done. You know, my ultimate goal is I'm sure there is towns all around the state, all around the country that are facing this same thing. And I don't know how you know when I started wrestling, I you know, I didn't know how big it's going to get and I still don't. I don't know how much I'm gonna be able to help, but I gotta start somewhere. And so I'm gonna start here at home with Southwest. We're gonna start doing education. We're gonna start putting Things out there that we're going to help not only in wrestling and and Dog Pound has been great. You know, I know we've got the show March 4th here in Casterville. $3 of every ticket that sold for all year. We got five shows in Casterville. $3 of every ticket is going to this fund, man. That's Rodney and jazz, uh, giving back, you know, they believe in what we're doing. You know, we have sponsor packages, you know, and we're doing a 50 50 split with the sponsors here that are, you know, going to the fund and then, you know, helping the business so we can give back more. So it's, uh, it's really starting off great. Um, I know jazz really saw my passion about it and Rodney and the dog pound and, you know, as was anything, you know, I always say, you know, one of the things, you know, I've been very successful in business over the years and what I've done, you know, and, and work outside of wrestling and, you know, I don't fail and this is big and there's people depending on us and, and with Southwest family, I, I, I won't fail them. I don't know how, I just know I'm starting and I'm Raising money, and, and that's hopefully we turn it into a foundation and really make this thing something, you know. And I'm learning all this as I go. You got to remember, man, I'm a hillbilly, you know, like we were talking about before the show. Man, I, I just got rid of a rabbit ears on my TV a few years ago at Big Box TV. That way, you know, that's an anchor on a cruise ship. So, you know, it's, I'm evolving and I'm learning. And, and as I learn, there's a need here, and I know that we're going to. Find a way to make a difference and break that circle of violence.
0: You know, Haas, for anybody out there who is a dreamer but had to focus on real life for a while and, and get themselves settled and rear their family and you know, life takes you in different directions there. For a guy like yourself, all these years later to be able to turn back around and now you're literally living your dreams in doing for others and inspiring others through your dreams do you have any advice do you have any words of encouragement especially for 2023 what's the what's the good word for anybody who doesn't want to give up on you know the thing that kept them motivated to begin with in life before life kind of took them on a different path
1: you know duke uh when we uh when we really look at the big picture of life all of us I don't care who we are or who it is. We've got a beginning and we've got an end. And that's everybody who is blessed with a life in this world. I, uh, as, as guys, for instance, and, I'm a guy, you know, as we raise our families, as our kids and their goals become our goals, you know, life passes by and we lose ourselves. We do. We lose ourselves. As, as we get older, next thing you know, we're looking up, we're in our late forties, early fifties, even sixties. And, you know, when we started in life, man, we were all ready to, you know, be be president, do great things. You know, we had goals and the term life beats it out of you. But, I'm hoping this journey that I've taken, you're never, number one, you're never too old to set goals and to do special things. Not everybody does not have to be a wrestler. You know, that was my choice. That was me. You know, I said, look, this is my one shot, my dream. If I'm ever going to do it, I've got to get off the couch. I've got to get down for 360 pounds. I got to run more than eight feet. I got to show that I can do this. It was important to me, but there's anything out there. Life is too short not to help others. And not to never lose your dream, never lose your focus. And that's even for when I when I talk to kids at different schools, you know, and I talk about, you know, bullying and peer pressure and the things that they, you know, face with. The one thing they can always do is never lose your dream. Never, you know, and even, you know, with the society and it goes so fast now and these kids are growing up so fast now. Stay focused on your dream. Appreciate what you really have. this one life. And, you know, and I promise you, when you start living that dream and you really start feeling it and you really start marching through and doing things. then I mean, next thing you know, you're you're helping people and you're doing positive things in society. And it's and it's just it's a it's a beautiful thing. It really is. Don't ever give up. Never, ever. As long as you've got a breath in this world. Never stop believing in yourself that you can do anything to make a difference. It could be something small as volunteering somewhere to help. And you're helping others. It could be something that maybe you're an artist and maybe you put the pen down for 20, whatever it is that captivates your dream and makes you man, just do it. You know, nothing's impossible. We're, we're the human beings are amazing people. We're amazing. You know, we, keep the, the abilities to do what we do. And we see it everywhere. There's amazing people all over the world doing amazing things. And there's no reason why you can't either. It doesn't matter what level anything that you can do is amazing. If you just believe that you can do it and never stop that. You know, we get a choice every morning we can wake up negative and grouchy. And sometimes we do, but we can wake up positive and let that be your first focus. You wake up in the morning and you mean you clap your hands. You said, man, what am I going to do today? You know, that's that's going to make a difference. And boom, you start your day like that and you move it on. Yeah, sometimes we'll get a shot and we get down. And we got to back up. But, man, don't get knocked down. You might get bent over. Stand back up and keep marching to those goals. Keep going. And, and man, you feel better. You feel younger. And invest in yourself. And, and man, the next thing you know, man, life becomes good. Positive positive makes positive things happen and, and and that's really the best advice that i could give anybody to do something
0: well said well said why don't you everybody listening know what's the best way that they can keep up with hoss holding and, and especially the promotions that they want to come see you live
1: so yeah basically you know I, i've got the i got the instagram thing and the twitter thing and i don't do it as much it's just it's just too much for me and, uh, i know but i'm very active on facebook and it's just simply hoss holding there's two house holding pages i've got one that kind of a just a like page and i don't really go to that one much but you'll see the hoss holding page where i'm constantly talking about the events and talking about whatever it is i'm doing um you know that's the best way to uh, reach me i know i've a lot there and you know, you'll see, uh, the one, it's got the, it's got my, uh, video that I did, uh, that, uh, I really had a lot of fun making. And so, you know, just go to that page and, um, you can reach out on message. I try to ask, you know, I get messages every day from people, you know, that are, Hey, you're awesome and inspiration. And, you know, Hey, when you want to come here and when you're going to do that, you know, so that's the way to reach me, you know, um, basically i've um you know obviously you know i'm dog pound championship wrestling uh the guidance and and what we're doing together i know you know we have five shows in castorville which our first show is this uh march 4th but we're also and and i didn't say i know we're expanding out to bandera texas this year and working with the boys and girls club up there me and rodney and jazz will be up there speaking in march we have a big show up there in may uh, for them and we're going to be raising money for the boys and girls club and like i say rodney and jazz and myself will be speaking to those kids and there's another program up there for some kids it's that's, that's uh but that, well, we're on a bad path and uh my daughter-in-law actually works for them and so we're going to get in there and, and visit with those kids and you know we're just whenever we go to a community we dig in you know how can we help we're here we're going to entertain you. You know, how can we help this community and how can we help you better? So that's what I love about the Dog Pound and what we're doing together myself, you know, with uh, Rod D. Jazz and the Dog Pound crew and phenomenal wrestlers, awesome people. So the King of Sports, I, I just can't say enough about what they're doing. You know, the uh, ownership of King of Sports, man, they've been so good. To, and we're just getting started with King of Sports. You know, I make my first title defense this Saturday in Paris, Texas. Uh man, I'm really excited about that. Uh, I'm a fighting champ, so you know I won the title last week. We made wrestling history. You know, I don't know if there's anybody in Texas right now that holds two titles. I don't even know if anybody holds one. I don't even know if anybody's really active and pushing as hard as I am right now. That's him. When you talk, when you talk, and I'll go back in a minute. I'm going to say one thing. So you know, when you talk about um, you know guys wrestling into their sixties, there is a lot of guys. That are wrestling. I say a lot. There's a hand, but you've got like the Ricky Martins, the Gig even the King guys that were working up in the years. But the difference between them and me, you know, they made their name and they've earned that respect too. When they go to a match, to pretty much handle what they do with their bodies, you know, and, and uh, I mean, they, or at that level to where they have earned to wrestle. Yourself. Even when Rick Flair, it doesn't matter what they, people say about Ric Flair's match. That man is earned. What, however he wants to do it, he has earned it. And 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 to me, that's all. Me, yeah, I'm 61. I haven't earned that. I'm basically in my second year of actually competing, you know, in this business, you know. And um, I haven't earned that type of respect and that, that pass, so to speak. You know, I've got to go out there and I've got to – you know, it's very important to me that the, that the the peers that I work with in each locker room, King of Sports, Dog Pound, uh, um, I make it I wrestle Sunday. I'm making a new debut for Christian <clears throat> uh wrestling federation. It's gonna be in Fate, Texas. You know, to me, you know, I'm wrestling has really engaged my faith more and uh um really have, had that spiritual connection that I didn't think I could have. You know, I made the mistake all these years of trying to listen to God talk with my ears. You know, once you listen with your heart, you can hear Him loud and clear. But that, but this Sunday, I will be at, at Christian Wrestling Federation there in Faith, Texas, making my debut there. And uh, man, I'm really looking to. It really they put their wrestling around faith and God, and I'm very excited about that. So yeah, so anytime I get to make a debut, and especially in that environment, yeah, it, it, it's rocking. So man it's uh it's it's big i don't know where it's going to go i have no idea i I just know that i'm just going to lower my head the more i can reach out and hopefully my story continues to grow it inspires people but more importantly it's going to allow me to help it's going to allow me to do more for the causes that i really want to help and that's that's really my dream and what i'm doing i'm loving it i'm blessed and tell me i i mean Look, I, there's not a feeling in the world when you're sitting behind that curtain and right, your music playing and not and for you. Go, what that meant, that, that moment in your life is, you can never explain it in words. You know, so all I wanted to you know, so if we keep on growing this thing and keep on building this thing, you know, hopefully more companies, bigger outlets and reaches that we can go, that we can really make a difference. And it's really taken, it's moving me that way to even when I'm beyond wrestling, you know, I've still got to find a way to help them. So I've got to establish them. Now I've got to bring in quality people to help. And, uh, yeah, man, it's just, it's going, it's just phenomenal. But I don't know if anybody in 61 who, who has to compete as I compete is out there doing it right now. I'm sure there is, but you know, I, I know, I don't, I think we're in the minority. Hi, this is Mateo Mayorga. I write for Five Reasons Sports Network and fan cited for the King James Gospel. And you're listening to the Duke Loves Wrestling Podcast.
0: For all of you folks out there who have ever taken a bump, who've ever uh, run the ropes, who've ever had to go out there and entertain complete strangers, whether it be a, a room of two people, whether it be a room of, of a, a million people, to hear a guy who's 61 years old be able to express to you what it feels like to do this thing, this pro wrestling thing, this pro wrestling dream, and the motivation behind why he's doing it. And to be able to, you know, build his brand to the point where you have multiple promotions putting the belt on him, making him the face of their companies. It's just, it's an awesome story, man. And I'm really proud of Foss holding and always enjoy catching up with him and and hearing the updates because legitimately, this guy is, he's living his dream. No two ways about it. You know, and, and it's interesting, folks, because we're at a point now where we're wrapping up February and as you know, February is Black History Month and It's interesting because I I do get messages from people and, you know, for those of you who reach out to me directly and ask a question, you know, shout out to you. For those of you who try to make little smart remarks and what have you and don't directly interact, but have an opinion, allegedly. um, now good for you. But it's important to recognize that Duke loves wrestling. This is a top shelf conversation type of show right so for those of you who who are affected by that and aren't used to that my, I encourage you you know pull up your skinny jeans uh, put down the flavored malt beverage and you know step into some top shelf stuff man let's have some top shelf conversation and more importantly let's have some top shelf thinking right Black History Month Well, well, let me lay something on you here. This show is owned, operated, maintained, (laughs) hosted. The name on the marquee is a black man. Every episode is black history. That alone, right? You can go down the list of all the guests and see how many people of color, especially black folk, who've been on the show. And it's interesting because even when you talk about a guy like Hoss holding on, on the surface, it's like, well, what are you doing with this, you know, as he described himself, he hillbilly? Some of you would say redneck guy, right? What are you doing with that guy on the show during Black History Month? That's not Black History. Well, to the, to the flavored malt beverage and the skinny jean sagging crowd, sure. Sure, you could view it that way. But for those of us who are top shelf. But you pay attention to what the man said. He was made a champion. In dog pound championship wrestling. Well who owns that? (laughs) Rodney Mack. And Jazz. Two black wrestlers. Black trainers. Black legends. In pro wrestling. They're not just performers. They're not just entertainers. They're the bosses. It's their company. They own it. They train this guy. They groom this guy. They put the rocket on this guy. Every time he goes out and says anything, he pays homage to them because of what they've instilled in him. Because of the dream that they've helped him achieve. That is black history, especially in pro wrestling. The folks who were just out there wrestling and collecting a, a, a payday are now the folks running the show and, and setting the table for others. And in their world, it's independent wrestling and it's it's part of their wrestling school and all that good stuff there. But in their world, in their own way, they're their own version of Vince McMahon, Tony Khan and whomever else. That's black history. But that's see, that's top shelf, though. Right. Right. That's 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 actually getting to something. I'm telling you, part of the reason why I don't beat people over the head about, you know, black history, month celebrations and all this other stuff is because I. You refuse to recognize, again, top shelf. You don't understand it, it goes over your head. All you know is that there's a performative way of supporting things. You think because you do a hashtag, because you claim Black Lives Matter, because you claim that you care about, you know, well, Kofi Kingston, you became champion or whatever. You think that's it. But you're the same folks. And I'm not talking to the listeners, the audience of, of Duke Loves Wrestling. Those of you who not hate listening at least, I'm not talking to you because you already a top shelf. You get where I'm going with this because you've heard me say it before. But for the, for the others out there, you're the same folks that take exception when I start questioning. Hey, AEW, why are there not any you know black male singles wrestlers being featured as top contenders for the championship throughout the history of your company? There's only been a few who who've even gotten a title shot. <laughs> Is it a few or is it only one? I think I think powerhouse Hobbs got a title shot once and then there was Scorpio Sky. But that's been about it. Right. When I started talking about, you know, the the lack of women being featured. On TV. Right. Only one women's match for the whole division. Well, how do you get anybody over, especially the women of color, which they do have a diverse uh, women's division? They just don't feature them. Maybe that's why. <laughs> it's too diverse <laughs> well Duke what about Jade well what about Jade this woman is what? She, what is it 50 and 0 or whatever but yet she's never had a, a title shot for the world championship so she, she's good enough for this TV championship and which she barely you know defends and wrestles for and what have you look how many matches she's had in a year and compare that to the champion's uh, el- elsewhere folks to get what i'm talking about there but why isn't she challenging for the for the world championship is she i mean she's supposed to be somebody right what's going on tony and if she's a world champion does that mean that she should be getting paid more i think so what's going on tony and people took exception when i w- would ask questions you know w- w- what's going on with with even the, in the wwe why was kofi kingston You know, ceremoniously stripped of that championship in seconds against Lesnar. And, you know, he's never even sniffed the main event scene ever again as a singles wrestler. People get nervous when I start talking about these things. Right. But that's top shelf conversation. I'm not going to sit here and pretend. And act like I'm happy that we get a month. For some acknowledgement. When. This is an all-day, everyday thing, man. Shout-out to the Renegade Twins. Fantastic young ladies who we featured on the show, and you know their friends. We always talk about the bubblegum ice cream and have fun talking about that, but legitimately, you know, I'm a big supporter of theirs. We all know that. NWA Tag Team Champions. Although when you when you hear this, and, and spoiler alert, I think they were defeated for the championship, but, you know, the only great things are going to happen for them, they continue to grow. To black women, young women, fantastic sisters. Great story. I'm shocked and appalled and annoyed when I see people who react. You know, it's one thing to say, well, I didn't know they were black. And I say, okay, fine. You don't know what you don't know. But it's a, well, they don't really look like it. What? What is that? We saw more of that conversation as it relates to um, Sol Roca. In WWE NXT. Oh, she she doesn't look it. What is that? Kiana James. Oh, I I couldn't tell, man. She didn't look. What? What is that? Listen, folks. You can be performative and you can pretend like you're an ally. You can pretend like you have it together. You can pretend like you understand. But then when you start carrying on in in such an ignorant manner. you, You flavored malt beverage. Pull up your skinny jeans. You're not ready. So so I'm not going to sit here and, and, and you know, put on a song and dance for a month when in reality, again, every episode we are celebrating black history and we are highlighting black history every single episode. This is this is not a part time thing. This is not a, a a performative thing. This is not a hey, hey, look at me thing. No. It's all you've gotten. For going on close to seven years now, every single week. How about that? We got to change the narrative, folks. Change the conversation, because I think that there's a lot of people who get so comfortable that they just believe. Uh, well, you know, we we acknowledged you for a couple of weeks, so now that's it. That's enough. Where we we've we met our quota for the year. <laughs> it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy, and I like the discussion. And, you know, people pointing out, well, the acclaimed in AEW, for example, they just lost the uh, tag team championships in AEW in February. The nerve during Black History Month. I'm all for that kind of conversation, dissecting that. What's next for them? Right. What's up with the timing of of stripping the belts from them? I mean, they lost it, but you get what I mean to the guns. what's What's up with that? It's interesting. Got to make up your mind, man. You're going to be performative. You're going to be serious. You're going to celebrate on a continuous basis as opposed to, again, the look at me, the hashtags. I wore a T-shirt. I put out a mixtape. I claim to be an ally. But yet, you know, when the rubber meets the road, ain't nobody driving, baby. I don't know. Anyway, again, thank you, Hoss Holden. Shout out to the Renegade Twin. Shout out to Salt Roca. Shout out to everyone who's out there making it happen, especially people of color, especially our black folk out there in pro wrestling, an industry that was never built for you, never made for you, you were never destined to succeed in, right? It's an industry that never wanted you to be the face of it, never wanted you to make top dollar, and to this day, very few do who are black in pro wrestling. You want to ask me about Black History Month on this? Duke loves wrestling, this pro wrestling and everything else show. Well, that's my take on that. And I'm not, you know, trying to put people in a sour taste in your mouth. Oh, Duke, you're not having fun, man. You're not being fun about this. No, 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 no. But I'm just challenging you to to be top shelf. When you are asking questions, why is this? Why is that? Why did this happen? Why didn't that happen? I wonder why you're not asking those types of questions, right? Look at Bobby Lashley. It doesn't make any sense that this guy is not challenging in the main event scene in the WWE for WrestleMania, right? doesn't make any sense. He, he was a fantastic champion. He had the Hurt Business. Everything was, was rolling along. So let's see what happens after WrestleMania because I think Lashley should be the number one contender going up against Cody Rhodes coming out of WrestleMania. Right? If Cody Rhodes wins, and if not Cody Rhodes, then definitely Roman Reigns. AEW, we can we don't even have anyone like Bobby Lashley. There's there's not a single wrestler in that company who's in the Bobby Lashley spot where he could be plugged back into the main event because he's already a main event, you know, figure. So there's 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 my take on that for anyone wondering about black history. At some point, we got to question the system and demand more of it. And if we're not going to do that, then save your hashtags, man. Don't ask me for a bio. Don't ask me for a, a, a feature on on such and such in February when I do features all year round. Stop that. Stop that. Doesn't make any sense. And I'm not again. I'm not knocking anybody else's show or anybody else is doing. But let's just make sure. That it's not performative and that this is actually conviction. This is actually what they're all about, because if that's not the case, then then why are you accepting that? It's not t- it's not top shelf. It's flavored malt beverage. Skinny jeans are sagging on that one. So <laughs> that's my take. Anyway, let me move on here. I, I saw that um, Dave Bautista movie. Knock at the cabin. I thought it was fantastic. I know some people didn't really like it, uh, but I thought his performance was fantastic, at least. I thought it was an interesting premise of a movie. I know it's based on a book, and there were some things that were a little different in the book than what we saw in the movie. But I overall, I'm into that. I'm into that sci-fi stuff. I'm into that supernatural stuff. I'm into that impending doom and gloom and what's going to happen stuff. I like that stuff. Challenges our thinking and keeps us sharp. What will we do in these situations? There's so much we don't know out there in the world. Hell, if the aliens touched down today, things started happening, weird things, things we can't explain, what would you do? Right? So, but a couple of weeks back, someone had said that Dave Bautista is the best pro wrestler turned actor. No question. Full stop. He's a better actor than any other pro wrestler. And some people took offense to that because it's like, well, Jesus, The Rock is the biggest action star in the world. You know, pro wrestler or not, and John Cena, he's rolling along, man. He's he's getting his accolades from all the different things he's doing. And oh my goodness, you know, pro, you know, Hulk Hogan was pretty successful in acting, right? Roddy Piper, They Live is still a cult classic. Terry Funk, Bret Hart, you know, they had some some good Western type things going on. So, why is anyone saying Batista? Let me tell you something: Knock at the cabin, or that Knives Out movie. From a few months back, you watch those two back to back and then you turn around and you tell me (laughs) what you think about Dave Bautista. I'm telling you right now, without a doubt, that guy, he is the best pro wrestler turned actor that we have ever seen. He's incredible. And I and I, you know, he's an interesting character. When you listen to him in in, uh, interviews and he's opening up about himself, he's a pretty shy guy. And I don't really think he's that confident of a guy either. I think that there's a lot going on with this individual. And there are various reasons for that. So because of that, he has to wear a lot of masks in life. And I think that it makes sense that he's such a brilliant actor because of all of those things. You know, on the outside, he's this big hulking figure. But on the inside, I think this is a pretty... Shy and, dare I say, terrified person, in a lot of ways. And what he does in order to survive is is coping. So you know, Batista is a very complex person, man. He's he's interesting. I find him interesting. Didn't like some of the things he said when he when he put out his book years ago, especially as it relates to his uh, ex wife. Thought that was pretty, pretty mean, pretty rude, distasteful. But it was pretty human as well. So, what do you say to that? You know, pretty honest take for a person to bury themselves the way he did in that book. So, you know, anyway, Batista, I I respect your talent. I agree. Without a doubt, best pro wrestler turned actor. No question about it. You know, folks, we're on the road to WrestleMania. And I'll tell you, it's interesting to see. All of the chatter and what it's about. Here's what we know. One way or another, the WWE is going to continue to be successful for this year. I mean. They're breaking records upon records upon records, every pay-per-view, every pay-per-view is the most watched, biggest gate record, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So if they don't do anything else right for the rest of the year, whatever happens at WrestleMania before the before the bell even rings, (laughs) before the matches even start. They're going to make such a significant amount of money that they can't miss in 2023. But it got me to thinking, I mean, where do you go from here? If if Cody Rhodes beats Roman Reigns. Can can Mr. Captain America over here drapes himself in the American flag? You know, he's blonde hair, the great, great white hope. Um, can Cody Rhodes keep business going strong as the lead horse in the WWE? I think that's a fair question. It's a fair question. And I, I don't think so, quite frankly. I th- I think the company's in trouble if this guy's a lead horse for any extended period of time. I think there's there's something more interesting in a guy like that chasing as opposed to a guy like that being champion for any extended period of time. Because I think society is kind of sick of that. Nobody wants to see anybody draped in the, in the American flag and trying to act like they're more virtuous than everybody else and all that nonsense. Nobody wants to see that. The people that do they have a warped sense of what it means to be good or evil or what have you, because we know it's all an act. And even in the make believe world of pro wrestling, it's like Cody's a heel, man. He's a heel. So I'm going to keep beating the, the the drum on this. I believe Cody Rhodes and Paul Heyman need to get together, and I believe that Heyman can do enough with Cody and with that character to actually turn him into something that long-term will be successful. Long-term can sustain good business, right? But without that combination, I don't think the, the Cody Rose experiment is going to fall flat. I think they're going to have to replace him right away. He ain't it. That's my take on that. You know, my, my man, Al Conowar, he would disagree. You know, he's been <laughs> he's he's really been uh, beating the Cody uh, drum and, and a lot of folks, especially the AEW fans, do not like it. It is what it is. But uh, nah, I, I just don't think the guy is it. I'm not convinced. Just not something about it. It's a little too too neat, a little too uh, cute. You know, you're entitled to to being something because of your father? Like, stop it. That's silly, right? So, but we'll see. We'll see. I think it's interesting that they're going with uh, Oscar versus Bianca Belair at WrestleMania. Doesn't have the same uh, fanfare and build as, you know, Bianca and and, and Becky or Bianca and Sasha. But it probably, it, it may turn out to be Bianca's best match, which is ironic because, you know, Asuka can go. She's fantastic. And I don't think anyone will, will be boohooing too hard if, if Asuka defeats Bianca for the championship either. Now, on the flip side, you got Charlotte versus Rhea Ripley, and they really haven't done much to build that yet, even though it's a continued continuation. I mean, this is a long-term story that we're telling here. I can see that match possibly main eventing. I don't know of any other match that's hot enough that could main event one of the nights at WrestleMania. I mean, obviously we know we have Cody and Roman that's going to main event, but what else is going to main event, right? I think Rhea and, and Charlotte. I think they can they can heat that up enough to to where it can make sense that that's main event tonight. Because if not, I don't know. You may not sell out, right? So they're really going to have to do some strong storytelling with those two in particular to catch them up. Getting getting news that uh, it might be Olmos versus versus uh, Lesnar at Mania, which is strange. I I would have went back to to Lesnar and Lashley. I don't really understand why you why are you splitting these guys? It's still a match we want to see, and their last match didn't end properly. So you know, it's still a match we want to see. I don't know. I don't get it. Bray Wyatt looks like he and Lashley are on a collision course potentially. Okay, I mean I'm over the Bray Wyatt thing, man. I don't know. Some people they're still into it. And I'm not. I think L.A. Knight exposed them. I don't. I don't think that character um, lends itself to wrestling matches. I think you can do some supernatural uh, movie matches and things of that nature, but I, I just don't. I don't believe in the character as a draw, as a pro wrestler in a traditional wrestling match. You cannot convince me of that. Just can't. I don't see it. It Doesn't do it for me. Because it's kind of hokey at this point. It's kind of silly. So they kind of, they missed the boat with that. Especially when you have a more reality-based storyline with the whole bloodline thing and Sami Zayn being added to it. And, And make no mistake about it, added to it. Sami Zayn is just flavoring, but he's you know the meat is still Roman Reigns and, and his family. Some of you folks out there trying to give Sami Zayn credit for the the increase in ratings and this and it's like stop it right now. <laughs> you know, Sami's been an interesting chapter, but he's not the book. He's a chapter. The book is still about Roman and his family. Anyway, um, I'm not sold on the Bray Wyatt thing. I I think that they gotta they gotta figure that out, man. They got to figure that out. They got to evolve that. They got to get more creative. If if this guy did mostly cinematic matches on pay-per-views, I think everyone would be okay with that. I don't think people are going to have an issue with that. And then he just does promos everywhere else and, and run-ins and beats people up or does quick squashes or whatever. But, you know, the lead-up is the cinematic matches. I think, I think there's money in that. But I don't think there's money in watching this guy just do traditional matches all the time. I think that's a that's a waste of everyone's time and energy and attention, and I think they're just gonna walk away from it, you know. So we'll see, we'll see. But it's interesting. I, I, you know, I'm very curious to see. Is, is Logan Paul and and uh, Seth Rollins are they gonna have a have it out with each other? I think that'll be a fun match to watch. And I think people are interested in that. Uh, what's Don Mysterio gonna do? You know, this kid, he's he's turned himself into a little bit of a draw here. So that'll be fun. And then you got Sammy. Is it going to be Owens and, and Sami Zayn versus the Russos for the tag team championships? Or is it going to be something else? So pretty excited about Mania. No two ways about it. Um, can't say the same thing about AEW. Still don't know what, what they're doing with themselves. Impact is like non existent these days. They're building something over there, but it just ain't it ain't hitting. Um, New Japan is New Japan. You, know, you you take Mercedes, Monet out of it and what do you have? So it's an interesting time. Interesting time in, in the whole industry. And hopefully it translates into a good distribution of wealth for everyone in the industry. But unfortunately, a lot of these indie promotions, man, they're having a tough time. And I think they got to go back to the drawing board and take a look at what WWE is doing in terms of storytelling. And start incorporating that into their events. Everything can't just be a bunch of matches put together. People just, I don't know, man. They need more than that. They need drama, they need intrigue. And you're not going to get that with Johnny so and so versus Flippy Dippy Peanut Butter Skippy guy, at least not on paper. It's got to be more to it. So, I don't know. We'll see. Loves Rasslin on Facebook, on Twitter at gmail.com. let me know what you think. You know, I I just this time of year is always so interesting to me because I know this is the end of the WWE's, you know, year as a company and then they're going to start a whole fresh chapter. And I guess that's where we're at now where it's like, you know, man, I I just I'm looking forward to seeing what what's going to happen next. And where does that go? And how does that affect the whole industry? Not to mention the fact that, you know, this is a company that allegedly is up for sale. And people are still you know freaking out about that. There's a report that Vince McMahon is looking for $9 million, which, surprise, surprise, isn't that the figure that I said? Didn't I say uh, somewhere? I believe somewhere between 7 and $10 billion is, is what that company was going to sell for. You know, it's, it's worth between six and seven. So I think it's got to be sold for more than what it's worth because you got to think of future earnings and all that good stuff there. So it's pretty much right on the nose there at nine billion. They'll probably get between eight and nine for it. But who's it going to be? Who's going to get it? And, and a lot of people are concerned because what does that mean for the state of the industry, especially considering that WWE owns such a vast library? The history of of pro wrestling is in the hands of WWE right now. For the most part, they are the stewards because they own so much of it in the form of their tape library. What happens when somebody else owns that? Will they see the same value or will this stuff just continue to just, you know, fade away historically? Doesn't matter. That's a, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. And I mean, every every day, every week, we're losing people. We're losing a whole generation. We just lost Jerry Jarrett, Lanny Poffo. You know, you start going down the list of people that we've lost just in the past 12 months and beyond, past five years. What happens to that history, right? So I hope whomever takes over WWE, if it does, in fact, get sold, I hope that they care about the history. Of pro wrestling. And I hope that they do do something with the library, even more than what WWE's done. Because there's a lot of gems in there, man. Sure is. Anyway, until next time, be kind to yourselves and be kind to others. Every single time you hear this show, you are listening to Black History. Damn right. Take it away, Tony Schiavone.
1: Mr. Tony and we're desperately out of time on Duke Love Wrestling.